Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. I'm Greg. And every day, I go through the day's readings from the plan that I'm following right now, which is the Read the Bible in a Year in 2023 from Nikki Gumbel, which is available on the Bible app. You can probably do a search for it and find it in other places as well, too. I like this reading, or this reading plan. I chose it at the beginning of the year, obviously. Um, it involves Old and New Testament, as well as then the Psalms and Proverbs. Interesting way to read the Bible, and it's been a great journey so far, and I'm glad that you're with me on it. I don't actually do the readings themselves. I kind of summarize them and then talk about things that stood out to me. Sometimes I have a thought on how it applies in today's world. Um, I did this at first just for myself, where I would write it down on notes. It used to be notebook paper, but now I use this wonderful Kindle scribe. And it seems like I talk about the scribe so much that you might think it's like, oh, they must be advertising. It's like, no, no, no. I just I just love the product. It's great. Um, but then I thought at one point in time, well, maybe I should share this. Maybe some folks might get some benefit from it. So that's why I do what I do. And our readings today are Psalm 88. 18, Romans 7, 7 through 25, and Hosea 6 through 7. So we're going to start out in Psalm 88, picking up from last time. And this psalm may well be called the palm, the, <laughs> the psalm of sadness. Uh, the psalmist uh, feeling of abandonment is acute and summed up in verse 18. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. You know, this person is in a place so dark, so desolate, and yet still calls out to God, even though they think God has rejected them. As seen in verse 13, a little bit earlier, Oh Lord, I cry out to you, I will keep pleading day by day. To me, that shows like pretty considerable strength of faith. I suppose that those who don't believe would see foolishness at continuing to cry out to one that doesn't exist because they don't believe in God, or perhaps maybe in this case, crying out to the one who the writer feels is responsible for his name, the palmist. <laughs> it's amazing that sometimes every now and then it, that's still, it's a, it's a rookie error, so to speak, but sometimes just reading it, you, you, you're conditioned to like read, particularly with my writing, it's like, it, I don't see the S there. It's like, forget that the P is silent and all that. So the psalmist. Um, I'm willing to admit my rookie errors, all errors, but, but really getting back to this, two things stand out for me. Number one, God never abandons us. And number two, God lets us fall so that we may reach an honest prayer, reach out to him for help. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, about how sometimes we have to hit rock bottom until we really fully realize that I know I can't do this by myself. I can't, I can't do it on my um, terms and kind of negotiate with God. It's like, okay, God, help me and, and, and please help me out of this. And then I'll, I'll do some things some of the time. You got to be all in, you got in, in order for it to be really true faith. Now, we flip over to the New Testament where in Romans 7, Paul now notes that the law of God itself is not sinful. Its purpose is to show us our sin. He discusses his own struggles and says the law showed him that, for example, 
coveting is wrong. And subsequently, sin took advantage of this and other commands to spiritually kill him, he says. Even though the law is holy to hold, to show that sin uses God's own commands for its evil purposes. These are Paul's words. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hard time grasping this section. I think I got a little bit better understanding as time went on. But so as Paul goes on, he acknowledges his own sinful nature. Quote, I want to do what is right, but I can't. And then, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I think that that's an important thing to realize. Two points there. First, that because of our sinful nature, it's impossible to avoid sin. And second is that it is, I don't want to say that we can't take responsibility for it, but an understanding that it's not us wanting to be sinful. It's just that sometimes it's the sin takes over because it is, as Paul says, it is sin living in me that does it. So maybe the first part that I was having a little bit of issues uh, thinking about is now just to Adam and Eve eating the apple and the self-awareness of nakedness back in Genesis with the law and self-awareness of sin. But Paul's like stating that you can't avoid sin alone. Freedom is only through Christ. Quote, in my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So, it's an interesting approach to, to understanding sin here, and I think sometimes that we treat it too um, simplistic. And don't if we don't understand the true nature of sin, then how can we how can we avoid sin as as living in Christ will will help us do? I'm getting to like Romans more and more as time goes on. I think I mentioned that a couple of days ago um, because it it this is the first time I think that I'm really, really diving in and paying close attention. Of all the times that I've read Romans, um, there are things in me that are coming out that I never thought about before. I've been I've been certainly like focused on the uh, whole sinful nature of man um, characteristic. Um, it seems like recently. And, and so this is good reading at a good time for me. Old Testament, we're back in Hosea, Hosea 6. He says, uh, that um, come, let us return to the Lord. He's saying to the people to which the Lord says of Israel and Judah, quote, what should I do with you? Because you continue to be unfaithful. God wants them to show love and to get to know him, not offer sacrifices as check compliance box, which is my words there. But again, the analogy in the beginning was the relationship between a man and his wife. The wife is a prostitute, cheats on him and this and that and everything else. And so, so all that the husband wants at this point in time is I, I want you to love me. I want you to get to know me. I want you to be with me. I, I, I want I, I just, I want that relationship. I don't want you to just come in and, you know, say, I love you, and then go out and do all these things. You know, there was a song back in the early 90s during the big hair band days, I guess. You had like power ballads, so metal bands that did these nice soft rock songs. And there was one 
by a, a band called Extreme called More Than Words. And the, and the basis of it is that I don't want to hear you say, I love you. I want you to show me. And I think that's what God's saying here. But like Adam, they broke God's covenant. And the Lord says, this is Hosea 7 now, that he wants to heal Israel, but his, but its sins are too great. He lists the sins. And then he notes that, quote, their hair is gray, but they don't realize that they are old and weak. Their arrogance testifies against them, yet they don't return to the Lord their God or even try to find him. This describes so much of society today, in my opinion. Again, this is one of those lines that reading the Bible helps me to understand society where it's at right now. And understanding leads to purposeful prayer, which can then lead to change. Quote, to end today's readings, what sorrow awaits those who have deserted me? That's it for today. My prayer and wish for you today is that you walk by the Spirit today. Take care. Mm -hmm.